Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out all the NBA player podcasters at TheRinger.com. Shout out to Raja Bell on Real Ones with Logan Murdoch. Go check out that show. They always do a good job. A lot of fun banter between those two. Shout out to Austin Rivers. I know I never thought I'd have to say that. Um, I almost like I like threw up a little bit in my mouth, but uh, Austin Rivers, good guy. Um, I, I thought he was a bad guy once upon a time, but he's actually a good guy. Got a good podcast. Go check that out. Him and Pasha do a good job breaking down the game. And, you know, shout out to the mismatch, right? They didn't play in the NBA, but Chris Vernon, Kevin O'Connor, they're always a good listen. And the Ringer NBA show at large. A lot of talent comes through that show. You know, Justin Barrier, Big Waz, Kyle Mann, even who comes on the show, goes on that show. So, again, if you're a fan of the NBA, go check out the Ringer NBA podcast. And now let's get into One Shining Podcast. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, Restrictions all apply. See website for details. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, it is officially that time of the year in the basketball calendar. It is Pro-Am season. We got all the hottest Pro-Am talk coming with our guy, Pierce Simpson. You may have seen him on Complex. You may have seen him on the boardroom. He's a friend of the program. He's going to come on. We're going to talk about our top five current Pro-Am players that can come, the big ticket items that can shut down a Pro-Am right now. So we're going to go through that. Talk about, you know, back in the day, once upon a time, the Ringer actually played Complex in the Drew League, and I played on that team. Pierce played on the complex team. That was a journey. We'll talk about that. Um, I, I might have some PTSD about that, but we'll see. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, my P NBA player podcaster rankings. This was something I was trying to, you know, again, these are the dog days of summer. Where is the content? I decided to go through and figure out who is the best NBA player podcaster right now based on uh, OSP votes that we reached out to the people in my own mind. Um, so we're going to do that. That'll be fun. Kyle, anything before we get into today's episode? About to spend some jukebox credits on a Thursday, but first, <laughs> Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 19th, and we are in Los Angeles. Myself, producer Kyle, and we got a good show today. It's uh, it's the dog days of summer. There's not much real basketball going on. Shout out to TBT, the tournament starting today, Wednesday, July 19th. If you're into former college players trying to win a championship and their whole journey together, Go watch. Uh, I got Zip Em Up winning it all. Uh, shout out to Xavier. They got their own regional. They got a good team. So that's who I think is going to win it all. Um, but before that, we're going to have our guy, Pierce Simpson, who if you've kept up with Complex over the years, kept up with Boardroom, you've seen him there. He's a host. Um, we actually played each other back when the Ringer had a Drew League team. He was on the Complex team. 
we kind of hit it off, became friends. And, uh, you know, during the Drew League times of the calendar, I said, I need to have Pierce on. We'll talk about some of our favorite Pro-Am players, some of our favorite moments from Pro-Ams back in the day. So he's going to join us. Um, Kyle, did you even know that, that the, 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 there was a time where you, oh, yeah. you were at the, you were at the ringer, right? Oh, you guys happened? were asking me, you, you <laughs> went up and asked me, you're like, dude, please, I'm begging you. Like, uh, I'm telling you, we just played our first, we just did our first practice and my God, oh, please. Man. I was like, nah, man, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm new here and I'm pretty sure I'm going to suck. I'm out of shape. I'll, I'll turn my ankle or something. And then, and then as it, as like the, as it would go on, you'd be like, damn, we got fucking killed, bro. And I was like, we yeah, I'm, I'm, I made the right choice. We sandbagged them. So there were two games. There was the first night, which was a practice. Then the next day was a scrimmage, right? So we're, we're driving down to, to the, you know, where the Drew is um, at the Magnus School. Um, we have a team of 10. Like, I, I, you know, Pierce and I were talking. I mean, we tried to run drills to start, Kyle. We couldn't even run drills. Like, th these are simple drills that you run if you were on a middle school basketball team. Our team could not get it together. I'm secondhand embarrassed slash, oh, my God, this might be the worst thing that ever happens to me. Complex runs us off the court game one. Um, shout out to Colin Orkut, though, um, who used to work at the Ringer because game, we played them again. And there are like before the game, it was like the tortoise in the hair. They're laughing about how bad they're going to beat us. And uh, we won the second game. Um, because of their, their, you know, their belief that they were going to run us out the gym. Um, but yeah, it was not, it was a hilarious moment in time. Uh, I want to bring it back though. Bill thought it was hilarious. Like when I first came back from practice, I looked dejected. I had a Bill Simmons podcast that night. I think it was Chuck Klosterman was on. Uh, we were about to call him. He's like, what happened to you? I was like, I've never had that kind of embarrassment in my life. And he thought it was great. So uh, I think that was 2017. I think I was think trying so. to put the year in it. I think 2017 was the year. Which is crazy. That was six years ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, as as time is flying by, um, it, it it blows my mind. But uh, shout out to the Drew League. Shout out to Pierce. We're going to have him on. But before that, I wanted to do a fun little exercise. I feel like in this down period, why not have some fun? Um, there's this kind of notion amongst media members right now that if you didn't play the game of basketball, what do you know, right? You can't talk about the game. But one thing I do know about Kyle is podcasting. Uh, I've been a podcast producer. I've been on the air, um, you know, made narrative series, done, done, done the full round of podcasts dating back to 2015. And I can comment on podcasting. Um, and guess what, folks? I decided to rank the NBA player podcasters because why not? Why not do a power rankings? Why not have some fun? Again, Pierce is going to come up in a few minutes, but I want to start here. Um, there's a lot of NBA player podcasts, and there's a lot that are debunked right now, right? There was a first wave when it first started, like JJ Reddick's at Yahoo. Um, you know, CJ McCollum said, I'm going to pull up with a podcast, right? That was kind of like the general first wave of podcasting in the NBA player media sphere. But things have changed. Times have shifted, but there keeps, you know, new podcasts just keep coming out. So I decided that we we might as well rank them. Um, and I got a couple tiers. They're basically tier two, two tiers of podcasting, tier one, tier two, 10 podcasters. Now, I, I have to preface this. This is not the actual podcast itself, right? This is if I'm talking about Kevin Durant, I'm not talking about the ETCs and Banksy, right? If I'm talking about Paul George, I'm not talking about Podcast P and the whole team there. I'm talking about specifically the player itself. Just like when you talk about a player in the NBA, you don't say, oh, Luca, you know, you don't say the Mavs when you're talking about Luca. You talk about Luca specifically. So we're talking about podcasting of players and we're doing our tiers. Tier one, uh, number 10 on the list, Shaq. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, the big podcast um, is what he's on. Shaq is hilarious because on this podcast, he is 
almost apathetic um, at how, you know, he doesn't really care what the topics are. But every once in a while, he get a little glimmer in his eye and he'll check back in and make it happen. Shaq is obviously great on Inside the NBA. We all love him. He's a he's a top 10 NBA player podcaster right now. Maybe some people don't listen to the big podcast. Go check it out. But Shaq's there. Number nine, Pat Beverly. And I think Pat Beverly kind of represents a uh, a good lane when it comes to podcasting, which is you're an agitator on the court. You're an agitator off the court. You get on your podcast. You you talk some shit. You control the narrative. You bring on guys that you you know haven't liked or had some issue with, but then you guys you guys kind of bury the hatchet on the podcast. Draymond Green, perfect example. Him, you know those two guys just did a podcast together. So Pat Bev, your top ten, and it's pretty new, but Pat Bev is entertaining. Um, like when he made his announcement, he was going to Philly. He like just stared at the camera and just kept saying Philly I'm coming um, like a maniac I mean the guy has a, a caricature um, about the way that he handles himself so he's a top 10 guy uh, number eight combo here road tripping that was one of the first wave of podcasts uh, you know with the Cavaliers guys that went on to win the 2016 championship Richard Jefferson one of my favorite people on television I know a lot of people try to give him hate but I think Richard Jefferson's hilarious but he and Channing Fry, the Arizona guys together they got a nice rapport they got a nice podcast they're number eight on the list as a tandem. Number seven, Kevin Durant. KD can be funny. He really can. He really can, um, you know, lean in and have a good time. But sometimes KD just doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to talk about certain things, especially when it comes to the media narratives that surround him. Uh, he's funny when he talks about Twitter and he talks about kind of, you know, cultural points that are happening, like a new Gunna album. Will he listen? Won't he listen? I enjoy that fodder. Katie's a top 10 podcaster. Shout out to him. Number six, Gilbert Arenas. Um, <laughs> Gilbert Arenas is crazy. He's a legit crazy person, and I say that with love. Um, I think he probably would be offended that he's not in the top five, but it's maybe just because I feel like I've heard all the Gil stories because he's been doing this for a while, um, that now he's almost more combative. He's gotten into like the second phase of his podcast career. He's like the Joe Budden of his, you know what I mean? Like Joe he's Budden like on the first take for podcasts. He's just right. like saying wild stuff. He's wild he's stuff, perk, whatever. <laughs> and, and he's like attacking people now, um, which is like, again, you go in phases of this podcast game. I think one of the key tenets to be a good podcaster is to have a little bit of hater in you. You got, you got to have it there. Like I'm, I'm a ELE guy. I got a lot of lover in me, but I have enough hate to be a podcaster. And uh, Gilbert Arenas is leaning into the hate right now. So you got to respect it. Top 10 podcaster, but not a top five podcaster. Number five, this guy is a hater. Um, and he's not afraid to be, you know, brash is probably the best word for it. Draymond Green. Um, the reason he's top five is because he's committed to the bit. This guy, he'll lose a game. He'll get kicked out of a game. And he tweets podcast coming in 30. I got nothing but respect. You know what I mean? Kyle and I, we we lived the life of an emergency podcaster. We have produced for the king of emergency podcasts. One of the tenets of podcasting is you do it now and you do it live and you get it out. <laughs> um, and Draymond Green, he he leans into that. I'm not sure that a lot of people listen to the podcast. I don't know how many people listen to podcasts in general these days, but we see the clips. Uh, everybody clips. sees the clips, right? So Draymond Green, king of clips. King of controversy, really, when it comes to podcasting. And the funniest part about it is that his two main teammates, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, are the kind of the most go with the flow under the radar guys ever. So he gets to kind of be the mouthpiece of the greatest backcourt we've ever seen, the greatest shooting backcourt we've ever seen. It's great. 
Thanks, Draymond. We appreciate it. We got some, you know, people that work on the Draymond Green show that we know. Uh, nice people, good people, funny show, funny guy. Um, have you ever listened to a Draymond Green show? Either iteration, because there was the first iteration that was not so good. This iteration is good. I think I'm like a lot of America. It's just the clips. Just like the I clips. saw the, the new media clips and and uh, and and everything like that. But uh, I do think it's pretty cool that he can he sort of can be a content factory. He could just be like, all right, listen, pod numbers have dropped. You know, we got to keep it above this or we're going to lose uh, the big some of the big advertisers. So I'm going to go out there versus the Rockets and I'm going to fuck around. <laughs> right. Somebody's getting somebody's getting shoulder checked extra Someone, hard today. Someone's getting hit it. in the nuts. I mean, that, that's pretty much his M.O. He goes out there and it's like, this is for the show. And uh, <laughs> I mean, shout out to Colin Coward in the volume. Right. They, they identified Draymond as a guy that they were like, this podcast makes sense for us. They give him the platform. He makes it happen. Shout out to Draymond. He's top five. Number four is a newcomer on the scene. And I think he's kind of taking it by storm. And in fact, he's probably going to go higher than number four very soon. His name is Paul George. Paul George is beloved by the new generation. We saw Brandon Miller say that he's his goat. And then I've seen a lot of other guys parrot that point saying Paul George is their goat. Uh, Kyan Anthony, Carmelo's son, said Paul George is his goat also. Um, so the kids love Paul George. Paul George is like just kind of cool. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Paul George is just cool. We like watching him play. He's smooth. Um, and despite some of the, uh, you know, detractors that, that say that, you know, the Clippers need to trade him and all that sort of stuff, Jerry West seems to love him. And, uh, at the end of the day, basketball decisions are running through Jerry West with the Clippers. So Paul George has got a good podcast, got a good setup, got a cool voice. Um, he's not afraid and, to say stuff too. Like he'll say right. some actual stuff where like, you know, you'd be like, man, I don't even know if I would have said that. And I don't have as much to lose as you do, but that's pretty cool. Instead of, you know, the other end of the spectrum where it's just like, you know, man, we just want to go out there and win. And, and this guy's great. Got nothing bad to say about him. He's, you know, just like, just toeing the line sort of guy. So that's, it's good that he's like, you know, you, sh you got to keep your ears open because you, you might, you might miss something. And what's Paul George's agenda, right? Like he doesn't seem to have one, which is why I also like listening to him. I, I saw the clip the other day, they were talking about top five passers in the league. And, you know, spoiler alert, in case you don't know this, a lot of the American players hate Giannis. They they do not like Giannis. They have something against him. He's not friendly with a lot of these guys. I mean, not to say that he's, he's, you know, unfriendly. He just doesn't want to be their friends. He's like, I want to beat your ass, which is very old school mentality. But a lot of these guys don't give Giannis any credit. They don't say he's good at anything. They say that he's a scrub. They say that all he can do is dunk, right? That's usually what you hear from these other guys. But Paul George on his podcast, he's like, I think Giannis is a top five passer in the league. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like Paul George, not afraid to just actually tell the truth sometimes uh, and and give like an opinion that's not, it didn't seem like it was formulated at any level. He just was thinking of top five guys. He's like, shit, I hate playing against Giannis. That motherfucker can pass. You know what I mean? So Paul George, you have our respect. Um, number three, and look, shout out to him. You and I, you had to edit JJ's podcast when he was back at the ringer, right? I mean, yeah. but yeah, we've we've all had we've all been there. We've all been there. Um, I I remember editing the Donovan Mitchell podcast. It was I think amazing. It's nobody knew who was going to take it. <laughs> I it's, think there were a couple people like, yeah, you know, I'm really busy. They're like, right. all right, well, the young guys will go ahead and do it. <laughs> and then, yeah, then I get like an email from Tommy Alter at like 1 a.m. He's like, why isn't this posted? Here's the here's the file. And I'm like, am I am I editing this? Like, what is happening? Um, but all that to say, we're talking about, of course, JJ Redick, who might be the number one A-team broadcaster with ESPN next year for the NBA Finals. We'll see about that. But uh, J.J. Redick seemingly has some self-awareness that he didn't have as a younger version of himself. And J.J. Redick has the the big J clout. You know what I mean? Even though he's not a big J, for whatever reason, the big J is at the Atlantic and the New Yorker and all these places. They love J.J. 
They can relate to JJ. JJ is basically like a guy that should have worked at Deloitte, but he's he played in the NBA. And uh, and there's a lot of people that just love listening to him. So he's top three. I like when he's on like first take and he like it's almost like he doesn't get the show. You know what I mean? He's just like, wait a second. What you just said is ridiculous. And I'm actually right. mad at you for saying it. And actually, everyone he, uh, behind me is offended. The whole league is offended. It's like, that's not what first, like, that's not the first take. Uh, that, that's the shtick. That's the that's the secret sauce to first take. And he's like, it's like he doesn't get it. <laughs> but but he thinks he gets it beyond. You know what I mean? He thinks like he's so smart that he's like, Stephen A, you can't be this dumb. And Stephen, Stephen A's like, yes, I, know, I can. That, that's the show. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, no, no. That is the show. In fact, speaking of first take, quick tangent. I saw a clip about uh, from 2008. It is Jay Crawford who's hosting. It's Skip Bayless, it's Stephen A. Smith, and literally the the prompt is, "Is Batman a good movie?" And oh, it's talking I just about this. It's you about said it the, to me. I think that's what it was. Incredible, incredible. And like when I saw the clip, I'm like, "This is why First Take took off." Because uh, I mean, they're shitting on Maggie Gyllenhaal. Both of the the only thing they can agree on is that Maggie Gyllenhaal <laughs> was not the, was, was, not, was the not the one. She should not have been Rachel. Um, and, and it's all Tom Cruise's fault because he wouldn't let Katie Holmes be in the movie. Uh, she was obviously in Batman Begins. So if you want to blame anyone, blame Tom Cruise. But uh, the fact that that's what they agreed on at the end. But Skip Bayless said that uh, that basically Aaron Eckhart is the star of the movie. Heath Ledger's not a good joker. Um, and then Stephen <laughs> A. Smith's like, that's blasphemous. That is absolutely erroneous. I've never heard something so stupid in my entire life. This is the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Um, that clip right there is why First Take was awesome. Yeah, uh, that guy has to does not he can't believe that that movie sucked, and yet he's stuck with that. He picked right. he picked that straw and has to be the detractor to one of the you know a universally approved movies. So that's it, why when JJ's like, "What are you guys doing?" It's like somebody <laughs> has to have this point. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> like, someone has to have the wrong point, and they have to argue it like it's the right point. That's the yes. whole point of the show. Um, and I like the I like to see Stephen A on the right side of history there because I'm a Stephen A guy. Um, even though he's a, he's a little too horny these days. We got to tone it down, uh, Stephen A. Like uh, on the podcast, he's like, Halle Berry. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Calm down. I love it. I love it's it. good. It's good. Po- Look, it's got me talking about it. So that's half the battle there. Um, all right. Number two, these two guys, I think they cut through and got an audience that, you know, maybe, um, you know, in the clouds a little bit. Um, some people that are my contemporaries, your contemporaries, people that we, uh, you know, that you just want to go. If you're in college, you just want to go to the jungle and hang out with them. It is Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, uh, all the smoke. These two guys as podcasters, both their storytelling, um, you know, now they've done so many shows now that I feel like they're they're kind of losing a little bit of their shine. But I do think that Matt Barnes, even telling the Derek Fisher story um, with his ex-wife, I mean, that that whole like hearing him tell the play by play of that story. I still remember it because it struck it really stuck with me um, and it struck a chord. He's a great storyteller. And Steven Jackson is just like you talked about it earlier with uh, Draymond where he's like I, or, you know, Paul George. He's like, he'll say whatever. And you're like, wow, I can't believe he said that. But for him to go on a show and say, I'm better than Manu Ginobili. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I I don't know for whatever reason like that kind of just it, it strikes a chord with me because Steven Jackson is a really good basketball player um and so is Matt Barnes and and they both had weird connections to like these cultural moments right we remember when Kobe like faked the ball or Matt Barnes faked the ball in Kobe's face and he doesn't yeah. flinch right you know what I mean like they they just kind of have these moments where you're like oh my god uh these guys are are connected to history like some Forrest Gump in both guys when it comes to the NBA. So they're number two, Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, combo. Number one on the list, NBA player, podcaster, power rankings, Jeff Teague. 
If you have not heard Jeff Teague recently tell stories about his time in the NBA, you're missing out because Jeff Teague is hilarious. He told a story that um, he committed to Purdue. He called Purdue and was like, I'm coming to Purdue. Again, he's from Indiana. And they said, well, we don't have a scholarship for you. What do you, <laughs> you, can't, you can't come to Purdue. And he was like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Like, yeah, sure. And, <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? Like, what's happening? Ends up playing at Wake Forest. Um, I loved watching him at Wake Forest. Uh, Jeff Teague versus Ty Lawson, one of the best point guard uh, matchups in the late 2000s between those two guys. But um, he's hilarious. He told an amazing KG story the other day just about how KG at one point got on all fours and started barking at him. And, uh, you know what I mean? He he also said that he is a, and I said you needed to have a little bit of this. Jeff Teague said he is a certified number one hater. Um, that is who he is. He is a hater. He's not afraid to be a hater. Um, it's funny that he, you know, it's literally like the player haters ball uh, with Jeff Teague when he's on a podcast. And even, he I mean, he won an NBA championship with Giannis and the Bucks. One of the, I thought that was a, an incredible run to a title. Giannis drops 50, um, you know, to go win the championship. And Jeff Teague was talking on his podcast and he's like, I kept telling them we're going to lose. He's like, he's like, I kept telling everybody on the team, like we were cutting up <laughs> on the bench being like, we know we're going to lose to KD. So, I mean, he is, uh, he's just a character. I feel like I'm, I have to tip my cap because I did not have Jeff Teague as the guy that was going to jump up to number one um, out of nowhere. But if you haven't watched the club 25, 20 podcast, you should go check it out and specifically just hear Jeff Teague. Um, it, perfect example. Why it's so funny. They were talking about the Usher concert with Kiki Palmer the other day. I watched a little clip. This is like opening the show. And, you know, three guys are on the show. Jeff Teague, they're talking about what would happen if their girl, you know, was getting up there with Usher. Should they bring their girl to an Usher show? And he was like, let's be for real. Usher ain't talking to any of our girls. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> oh, this guy's incredible. You know what I mean? Just like off the cuff, off the cuff comedy. Um, he had Marquise Teague, his brother on, he talked about when he crossed him up when he was on the Hawks and they, they had the whole clip playing it back. And he's just, that. yeah, he's just like, he's like, I, I saw him in the, in the half court and I could see the fear in his eyes. And he was like, I'm about to bust his ass. And then he missed the layup, which is like the comedy of Jeff Teague. You know what I mean? He like does something incredible. And then he follows it up with that. If you're not listening, go listen. Jeff Teague, number one, uh, some honorable mentions, and then we'll get to, uh, Pierce, Dr. J, he has a podcast. Shout out to him. Um, I think Dr. J is the like talk about cool players. Like Paul George might be cool now, but Dr. J is the definition of cool. Every player when they played against him, wanted to meet him, want to sign an autograph, want to get a word of wisdom. He's just that guy. Charles Barkley, he and Ernie Johnson do the steam room together. Charles is uh, he's almost disassociated when he does the show, but he's also like sometimes he gets you with some of that Barkley humor that you can't you can't deny. Uh, Raja Bell who does a show with uh, our guy, Logan Murdoch, uh, real he's got ones. Stories. He's got stories. And I feel like the reason Raja is not in my top 10 is because he doesn't want to be, you know what I mean? Like Raja is, he's kind of reserved and he doesn't want to insert himself into every conversation. Like Gilbert Arenas is like, I will insert myself, even though I have no reason to be inserted. <laughs> you know, Raja Bell is the antithesis of that. He's like, I'm going to stay out of the way here. Um, Vince Carter, Vince Carter used to have a show back with the ringer called wing it has his own show now with Omaha. Vince Carter is the nicest guy in the world, and he also has amazing stories. Uh, he's close with Steph Curry. If anything, he should be a bigger podcaster, but I think he has a similar kind of outlook as Raja. He's just chilling. Uh, Andre Iguodala, Evan Turner, those two guys. Um, Point Forward is the podcast. Evan Turner's got a very hilarious voice. He's also got a little bit of hater in him. He's also got a, a big bit of uh, contrarian in him, you know, and uh, I'm a big fan of Evan Turner for that. Iguodala, 
one of my favorite players of the 2010s. Uh, Danny Green got a podcast, The Green Room. Go check that out. Austin Rivers got a Ringer podcast. Go check that out. Austin Rivers broke my heart in 2012. I'll never forgive him for it, but he does have some good takes. He does also know the guys currently in the league, and I think he's not afraid to say, hey, you may think you're hot shit now, but shit goes by quick. You know what I mean? And Austin Rivers was really that guy in 2012. And then he had to humble himself and then, you know, kind of figure out what his career looked like. So he's got good advice. Um, Duncan Robinson, friend of the program. We love Duncan. Um, He has not done a podcast in like 18 months. I don't know what the Miami Heat did to his podcast. Did they take his microphone? That was his dream. That was his dream when he thought the pros weren't going to work out, right? Right. I mean, that was you. You were Titus. One of you guys got a DM from like, hey, guys, got a text. Yeah. I remember Titus uh, during the pandemic, like during the bubble, like tweeted that text out from Duncan Uh. (laughs) and it was like, it got aggregated everywhere. And Duncan was like, why, why, why? (laughs) (laughs) In the, in the, in the best way. And Titus was like, I don't know why I did that. What he's like, this is pandemic brain. Um, But you know, it it was, it was great because the aggregators got it and uh, shout out to Duncan. He's got a good show. Davis uh, Reed, he does the podcast with, hopefully they come back. Um, CJ McCollum, I mentioned he needs a he needs a shout out. Andrew Bogut, um, Andrew Bogut's podcast is uh, you know, it's something. It, it is wild. He talks about politics. He talks about I mean all types of stuff. Oh yeah, and uh, Andrew Bogut was one of the uh, the first people that I booked for Bill Simmons podcast. And because uh, I went to the Warriors dinner when they played against the Clippers, it's 2015. And uh, Bogut was at dinner with us. And I was with James Michael McAdoo, Brandon Rush, Andrew Bogut, myself. Um, and Bogut was just talking the entire time. And I literally was like, dude, you need a podcast. Like, you, you'd you be great if you had a podcast. And he was like, I'll go on your boss's podcast. You know, and I was like, shit, I'm going to go back and tell Bill. We had it. We had him on. He was great. Bill was like, he, he's great. You know, we talked about Ben Simmons not playing for Australia. Uh, Bogut, I remember that clip got like aggregated the whole thing, but, uh, Bogut, I think it's called rogue Bogues. Um, if you're looking for that, if you're looking for that, go find it. Um, and then last one, uh, Tyrese Maxi, AKA Mad Max. Um, he's got a podcast. I love Maxi. I think he's a great kid. So, uh, that's, that's the list right there though. Um, it's the player podcaster list list. It is, uh, always evolving. Uh, it is always changing. Uh, the, the power moves up and down based on activity, uh, commentary clips, all the above. So, uh, I feel like I, I was a fair, it was a fair thing to do. I can't, I, I will not rank them as players cause I did not play in the NBA, but I will rank them as podcasters and that's your podcaster NBA power ranking. Boom, we did it. All right, coming up now, we're going to talk about uh, Pro-Ams, talk about uh, kind of his career being a host. He is the great Pierce Simpson. Let's get to it now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. 
Joining us now on One Shining Podcast, he's a friend of the program, and he's someone that I have come in contact with way too many times during our media <laughs> careers. We are both hosts, you know what I mean? And hosts got to stick together. You've seen him on Complex. You've seen him on the boardroom. You've seen him all over the place. His name is Pierce Simpson. Pierce, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Hey, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be on. Definitely a fan of your work all these years, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, the first time that we met and ran into each other, there was uh, it was at the Drew League. I don't even know how many years ago it was, but there was a time at the Drew. Shout out to the Drew, fifty years. We're going to talk about the sure. Drew League a little bit here, but um, there was like a media league, and it was yeah. complex when you were at Complex, and I was uh, early days at the Ringer, and they made us play each other like in a little media exhibition game. Um, we can we can get into the weeds of that a little bit later, yeah. but before that, I want to talk about your background. This is a, a sure. college basketball show. Uh, Pierce, in case you missed it. So we got to talk about your college basketball team. Is it true that you are part of the Mean Green? Is that correct, North Texas? That is very true. Mean Green, uh, recent NIT winners. Of right. course, everybody everybody in North Texas in the Denton area is excited about that one. Uh, the Mean Green basketball team has kind of been up and down per- periodically throughout you know its program's <laughs> history. So right. to see it win the NIT was great to see, and everybody was definitely prideful about that. Yeah, I remember they won their first NCAA tournament game, I think 2021 or 2020. The the years kind of blur together there. But I remember sure. when they did that, uh, you got Johnny Jones, right? Johnny Jones, yeah. Johnny uh, Jones. His, his era was great. I, I remember it was like 2006 to 2010. They were the winningest yeah. program in Texas. That was something that they, you know, during the KD <laughs> times, right? They still had sure. that feather in their cap. When were you there at North Texas? And like, what was your era of North Texas basketball? Yeah, so funny enough, right? So it was Johnny Jones, and then he went to LSU, and then Tony Bifford came. So my era was like 2010 to 2014. And it's so funny because I'm at North Texas at the time, and you you know you have your student rec leagues and your student rec area, and you go and hoop all the time. And I was kind of making my name at the rec center, and everybody was like, you should go walk on, you should go do this. And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, why not? Let's give it a shot. And I remember I pestered them the entire summer about like when walk-on trials were, when all this was happening. And then just to find out when the time was coming, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just enjoy this life while I can. And uh, so, yeah, North Texas always have a special place in my life. Yeah, sometimes it's better to just be like the guy that goes and plays at the gym with everyone that dominates sure. than to go be sure. on the team and, you know, be picking up towels after guys. And, you know, you have to go through the process of, you know, initiation and all that sort of stuff. It's Sometimes it's nice when you're outside looking in than inside looking out. You know what I mean? Today, that was the biggest thing, bro. It's like I knew that some of the guys on the team – I may have been better than, but then being a walk-on or just that idea of it, you have to kind of pay your dues in that respect. And I just, Young Pierce wasn't really with that. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you yeah. at all. And, and we played basketball together. I can confirm you're a hooper. Um, everybody Thank knows this. Uh, when when <laughs> they play with you, they can see it immediately. So shout out to you. Smart move, I think, because it led to the host career. And I mentioned that Absolutely. the hosts got to stick together. Um, it feels like we're dwindling. You know, guys that have that specific niche that they want to be a host um, slowly with all these different shows and things. It feels like they're maybe getting phased out a little bit. So I wanted to, I wanted to shout us out. You know, we're two hosts here. We're that. trying to make things happen. Um, how sure. did you get into that? that space i mean what was it something that you planned on doing or yeah. did you just kind of fall into that world i definitely fell into it man so like when i went to college initially my plan was to go to law school leave law school and then become an executive i wanted to be a gm you know and so even to this day i still kind of have that itch where if i play video games i'm just like in franchise mode all day long just building <laughs> a squad and uh in that break in between deciding to go to law school i had this little period of time where i worked at nice kicks the website and Matt Hatfield was like, hey, you have a great voice. Have you ever tried this on-camera thing? I was like, I've never tried it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And that was 2014. Here we are in 2023. 
And uh, I'm thankful to be on this ride for so long and meet so many incredible people. But it's definitely something I stumbled into. Yeah, I uh, I think I remember seeing something. Maybe you talked about this, or maybe you even told me. I can't remember. It all gets blurred together. But for Sean sure. Evans, right? Who who uh, you know, first yeah, yeah. feast, right? He he was one of the guys early on that helped mentor you a little bit, right? With like interviews and things like that. Absolutely. So I've come to LA. LA is a satellite office for Complex because the main office is in New York. And so I'm out there. Maybe my first week, and I want to say shout out to Cornell Brown, who who works at PG Lang now. He was the person that brought me on to Complex, and it, you know his motif was like. A trial by fire. You're just going to either go sink or swim. And so I believe like my first interview was like Pharrell Williams. I was like, all right, here, here we go. Here <laughs> well, we there go. you go. <laughs> right, One of the greatest right, producers exactly. ever. Good luck. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so uh, in the process of just like cultivating my questions and coming up with different things, because I didn't necessarily go to journalism school, um, some great people behind the scenes, especially like Natalie Edgar. She was like, we're going to put you with Sean. Send your questions to Sean and he'll break down everything. So for this particular interview, I was interviewing uh, Gronk. And so I sent all my questions to him. He came back with bullet points of how to like craft questions, how things could be different, how they could look different. And so ever since that point, I've just taken that model whenever I'm interviewing somebody, taking those lessons I learned from Sean early on. And I really appreciate him giving me that game. Yeah, shout out to Sean. Um, he's one of the best. And like in a world where journalism, you mentioned not going to journalism school. Yeah. Honestly, I did. And it doesn't matter because uh, <laughs> once you get in the field, it, it feels like nobody did. It, and the people that did are kind of the ones that are uh being gatekeepers at some level, right? They're they're not really, um, you know, falling back on their work. They're falling back on their degree, which is a, it's a weird thing. And the more that you work in it, the more you realize it, you know, it helps, but it doesn't really determine what, you know, what the trajectory is of everything. Um, you mentioned two guys, Gronk, Pharrell, you've interviewed yeah. a lot of great people. What What is one of your favorite interviews and, and mm. one of the, maybe one of the moments that you remember from that interview? Yeah, I was. I always say the Pharrell one because the Pharrell was the first, the first interview I did at Complex, and it was a thing where you know how you're the new guy, and you may not understand it like the certain politics of the game and know how things are. So for that first one in particular, for me personally, I felt like I fell short because there was things internally that I was supposed to get but I didn't get, and it became a whole thing behind the scenes. So I always told myself, and I guess that was just the athlete in me: if I ever interview Pharrell again, I'm going to make it one of the best I've ever done. And so maybe like three years later, opportunity comes back and we're interviewing Pharrell and it's like truly a one-on-one interview. And he really wants to you know, speak his mind considering the landscape of things at the time. And I feel like I killed it. And then I wrapped up and I told Pharrell that story. And he was like, brother, you did a great job. And so ever since then, that's something I always like have a feather in my cap for simply because, you know, I told myself I was going to come back and do something great. And I did that. And so I always look at that interview. Yeah, shout out to Pharrell, shout out to Virginia, two up, two down. Great people. Shout out to the Absolutely. Neptunes, shout out to Chad Hugo. I mean, when I was a kid, yeah. I remember every, like at elementary school, every single kid would know how to play the grinding beat on tables. You know what I mean? That was like, that was like what I mean, you did. Yeah. For sure, for sure. To, to this day, you know, you got to bring it back just to reminisce. And it still hits every single time. Uh, every so time. Shout, shout out to Pharrell. He seems like a great guy. Happy to hear that he yeah. is. I wanted to ask you about another player that uh, you've worked for. Both of uh, mm. both of us have interviewed and, and kind of yeah. dealt with on a personal level. Um, yeah. I think he is the definition of misunderstood when it comes to media. Um, he does like to troll and mess with people, but his name is Kevin Durant. Yeah. What was it like working with KD and being able to mm. see kind of the real KD? Because I think a lot yeah. of people, he kind of veils himself behind the character yeah. that is KD. I tell people all the time, Kevin Durant is one of the most genuine people I've ever come across in my life. Regardless of athlete, uh, regular citizen, he's one of the most genuine people you, you'll ever meet. And I think he's incredibly misunderstood because I think people have this perception that he's sensitive and I don't get that at all. You know, and knowing <laughs> him personally, he's not that at all. 
He's more and funny than he is sensitive. Like, absolutely. you know what I mean? Like, he, he tries to poke back. All the time, if you're yeah. on social media and people <laughs> are just on your head all day long talking shit, at some point, you're going to fire back. And it's really tough because he's going to lose-lose because when he does fire back, people are like, oh, see, there he goes. I'm like, y'all been talking shit all day long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So always, always go to bat for Kevin. I think he's, again, one of the most genuine people I've ever met and ever come across. And for me personally, he was the one that stood on the table for my work to be able to contribute to board room and provide the things that I did. And everybody on that side is, is great. So I have nothing but great things to say about KD. I think it's funny when, you know, I saw the other day, KD got in some sort of, you know, tiff on Twitter yeah. where people were talking about defense and offense. And Kevin basically was saying that it, no matter, you know, how great a defense is, it still comes mm -hmm. down to buckets. And people yeah. were going at his neck. They were saying this, they were saying that. And then I remembered the old clip of Bill Russell, who's, you know, regarded as number one amongst everybody. There's no yeah. argument when you talk about Bill Russell. Even if you like yeah. LeBron, you like MJ, you like Kareem, people are like, oh, Bill Russell, of course. Yeah. And the clip is Bill Russell, and he's saying, at the end of the day, it all comes down to buckets. But when, you know, KD says it, <laughs> it's like yeah, his whole thing, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's the perfect that's example. Like, right. I, I tell people all the time, especially to my close friends, I think when Kevin leaves the game, people will appreciate his presence and what he brought to the league even more because, you know, you can't look at these seven-footers or these big guards in the league now and not think that they're not fruit from history. You know, but when he came to the league in 07, there wasn't many seven-footers that were able to play on the wing or encouraged to play on the perimeter and score from the outside like him. So I, I think once he leaves the game, there'll be a greater appreciation for what he brought to the game of basketball. And I do remember like when Kevin did come into the league, most yeah. people were saying the best case scenario is he's Dirk Nowitzki, right? I mean, that, <laughs> right. That, that was like one of the major comps <laughs> because he was a, a shooting big man like that. So, I mean, the, the evolution of it all is insane. So shout out hey, to you KD. Know what, you know what's so funny? And I told Kevin this story. When I was going to my freshman year of high school, I was at a Texas basketball summer camp. And so this was before he was going to play his freshman year for Rick Barnes at UT. But there was always this talk in Austin at the time about who's this player from Maryland that's playing for UT, you know, basketball. This is fresh off Vince Young in a national championship. So yep. you kind of had to know what was going on. Take when I say him at 17, things he was doing on that basketball floor was similar to what he's done throughout his entire career. It was the most amazing thing I'd seen on a basketball court. And it was like maybe the first time I said to myself, was like, yeah, the NBA might not be in the cards for you. You know what I'm saying? It, it might, you can't do the shit he's doing, so it might not be there for you. Yeah, sometimes when you see it, you know it. And uh, yeah. it was funny. We went to uh, Bill. You know, Bill Simmons was doing the yeah. podcast with Kevin Durant. Kevin had rented a house um, in L.A. for the for the show, and we yeah. go there. We walk inside. He's playing NCAA basketball. You know, two thousand nine, the last version yeah. of the game, and he's playing with North Carolina. And you know, he's made himself into the game. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously a Carolina guy, so I'm like, I'm yeah. seeing Kevin Durant. Then I had to ask him about his recruitment. I'm like, well, here's the, what the scuttlebutt is: is that you know, we offered Brandon Wright over you and he's like shut up that didn't happen you know? he's like if i wanted to go to carolina i would have gone to carolina you know what i mean <laughs> so that, that's like yeah. the perfect example of like those types of moments where you know you, you have like the narrative or what has been you know become like folklore and then you talk sure. to the person direct and and that's just kind of how it goes um i want to talk about our our ringer versus complex drew yeah. league moment because we're going to talk about the drew league in general sure. but um I, I've tried to piece together how that all came about um, yeah. and, and trying to remember things that happened. One thing I vividly remember mm -hmm. is that the coaches of the Drew, they brought us in, right? We have our ringer team. Not do don't look the most intimidating. We do not pass the airport <laughs> test uh, by any means. And then the, there's the complex team. And yeah. they were like, we're going to do three-man weave. 
And the first two guys that were the ringer guys, the you know, of the three that were going to start the three man weave, first guy yeah. makes the pass, doesn't know where to run, doesn't know where to go. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, are we in trouble? So I wanted to hear your thoughts uh, yeah. just from the other side, because as someone in the back of the line, I was like, oh, my God, we can't even run three man weave. We're going to get embarrassed out here. Well, first and foremost, I want to say shout out to Grace Chain, uh, who I was in close contact with. She worked at Nike, still worked at Nike. She lives in Portland now. Yeah. She was the one that helped spearhead everything. In, in that particular moment, and you know how basketball goes, especially when you like play a pickup for the most part, any given night, any given time, you can lose. So I didn't go in with any expectation of like, <laughs> oh, we're just going to beat up on the ringer. I knew you guys know basketball. I had to be careful of like setting my expectations, but the three man weave, it'll make anybody kind of look crazy if you haven't done it in a minute. And so I, I don't I know if they've ever done it. I don't know if any minutes had been added up and I can say that now because those people don't work at the rigor anymore. But yeah. uh, that was, that was uh, as someone on the team, I, I had secondhand embarrassment. I was like, Oh God, this is not Tate, good. In, in 2023 <laughs> basketball terminology, I'm definitely hunting some of your teammates if we play now. If we were playing now, those same rosters, I'm, I'm hunting them in the pick and roll for sure, without question. Yeah, it was uh, it was like an entertaining uh, whole setup, and I, I wish that they would bring it back because I I think that one of the things that would help all of us as far as the relationship between media and basketball players is if the media was vulnerable enough to put themselves out there and to play the game and to have the basketball players commentate on it and and give their analysis of what happened, that that would be good TV for everybody. Tate, before you air this podcast, make sure you trademark and get all that business right with that idea because I think that's an outstanding idea. I, I do find myself sitting back sometimes and noticing people that do comment, uh, you know, comment on the game of basketball, comment on these players. I'm like, man, if you put yourself in their position or their shoes, you realize how difficult some of these things are, some of the things that they're doing. Like, wh wh what's the expectation we have? Because I remember one time, I think it was Jason Tatum in the playoffs. He had like an off night. And they just rip him for the next 48 hours about his bad performance. I'm like, damn, we can't have a bad day at the office. The guy just gave you 50 in game seven. You know what I'm saying? Like, things happen. So I like that idea a lot. It's a lot about short memory, right? And I think that sure. uh, as much as writers like to talk about athletes that have short memories, they also have short memories because uh, the recency <laughs> bias is at an all-time high. So I think that would Absolutely. be good. Um, we we had some competitive games, you know what I mean? I, I There were sure. some great pictures uh, from the event, which was nice. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, the coverage of that. But I hope the Drew League brings it back. I mean, we need Absolutely. the media to play basketball, to, to feel that. And also shout out KD because he was – we all got free KDs playing Absolutely. in that event. Remember that? What was it? KD twelve, I think, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Shout shout out to KD. You know what I'm saying? Outfitted <laughs> us with some with some great sneakers. That was a great time. There's a picture that pops up from time to time, and I'm going to the rack, and you're about to like try to block a contested shot, and it straight looks up like and it down, flagrant two written all over it. It's no, just I'm, like I'm, I'm straight up and down. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're going straight to the scores table to review that one. <laughs> oh man that was a good time uh shout out to the yeah. drew league and uh speaking of the drew league like i said at the top 50 years of the drew um sure. last year lebron james came and that was kind of the you know he had a big moment there i think he ended up having like 42 points 10 rebounds 10 assists a, a classic lebron james game and they won um do you Absolutely. have a fond? i know you're from texas but do you you've been out here a while just like me is there a fond memory you have of the drew that kind of sticks out i remember DeRozan went and played yeah. you know, they've, they've yeah. had all these guys <laughs> Come out. You know, ironically, I think it's that time when I was in Texas during the NBA lockout when Kobe goes to the Drew League. Mm. And I remember that it's like early Twitter days and you're getting like grainy footage and grainy videos <laughs> on the timeline. But you see you see Kobe and James Harden going at it with DeMar DeRozan there. And they're like in a middle school gym. And that's just the essence of basketball. And you can see all those guys 
They played on the biggest stages in basketball, but when you boil it down and you're just hooping in the pro-am, it's nothing like it. You see the true love of the game come out. I think that's the thing I enjoy the most about pro-ams. You get players back into the essence of why they fell in love with the game, whether it reminds them of the AAU days or just high school in general. I just love seeing that essence of hoop come out. And I like when the guys that are the guys have to like get checked, you know what I mean, by the common man, because, uh, you know, everybody has their ego, everybody has their bravado and confidence is such a big part about basketball in general. And a lot of guys go and play in the Drew or play in, you know, Jamal Crawford's crossover or the old North Carolina Pro-Am, whatever it is. And they think, oh, I'm about to get him. You know what I mean? Like today is the day that I get mine against him and I prove that I'm that guy. So these guys, sometimes when they get checked, we see them go to that next level that's like, oh, now we understand the difference, right? And I think that's also sure. a fascinating part of the program. Absolutely, because you never want to get embarrassed on that type of stage because right. that type of folklore lives forever. You know that's, what I'm saying? Now you people. become the guy yeah. that gets that gets embarrassed. But Julie, I think of uh, Denzel Valentine and Franklin Sessions, uh, Frank Nitty, you know, who is a Drew League legend at this point. When he went to the Drew League and thought he could just dominate because he plays in the NBA, Denzel Valentine got a rude awake. Mm. And it comes yeah. fast. I mean, it really does. Sure. I mean, I, I remember guys like Vander Blue going to play in the Drew. I mean, there, there's all these legends, too, that come out like yeah. Pooh Jetter, right, that they go and yeah. play in the Drew League. And you're like, you may not know the name, but you know the game. And you, and you watch him and you're like, oh, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Um, it is pro-am season, which is part of the reason I wanted to bring you on because, yeah. uh, you know, we saw last year Paolo Bancaro, LeBron, all these guys go up and play in Jamal Crawford's yeah. events. So you got the crossover, you got the Drew. Um, and I wanted to do a little prompt with you, which is our our top five guys currently that would be big ticket players in a mm-hmm. pro-am so if you if you get word uh that so-and-so is going to show up you're like i gotta go watch that or i gotta go find yeah. the highlights he's gonna shut things down um yeah. so I, I wanted to run that prompt by you and i'll start with my first guy and this is number five on my list and i think he should come to the drew league and he's also a guy who's on my charlotte hornets lamello ball um lamello ball would shut down any pro-am. And, sure. you know, this is the same kid that pointed at the half-court line and hit a shot in high school. This is the same kid that had 91 points in high school. If there's anyone that I think is a pro-am type player, I think LaMelo Ball is that guy. And I think that people in L.A., if he came and played at the Drew, they would go insane. Am I crazy to think that? No, you're not crazy at all to think that. And especially the fact that some of his high school teammates uh, from back in the day, like Eli Scott, who yep. uh, put up great numbers in college, he played in Drew. So there's familiarity there. So seeing LaMelo there would be great. My number five may shock you. It's a North Carolina legend, California legend at this point, too. I'm going to say Steph Curry. And the reason I have Ooh. Steph Curry at number five on the list is because the things he'll do at the Pro-Am is much similar to what we watch on the biggest stage in the NBA <laughs> already. So there might be diminishing returns. But I think if you put him in an environment like the Drew League or a Pro-Am, where he's just shooting from half court and there's nothing you can do to stop it, I think that'll be some some great uh some great times. I think the crowd at the Drew, if Steph Curry showed up and just started pulling up from half court, I think that they would. I mean, people would be falling all over themselves. I mean, that that's the other part. The crowd, the crowd of the program is way better than an NBA crowd. I mean, it, it's probably the same Absolutely. kind of passion of a college crowd, but it is next level. And people, it is all basketball specific, right? And if it's Steph Curry and he's hitting a big three, especially like a game winning walk off type three, like he did with yeah. the putt. People are going to go. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Steph Curry's on my list as well. So shout out to Steph. Uh, Number four on my list is a guy who plays on the Clippers right now. Um, I think that, you know, he's somehow gotten lost when we talk about top guys in the league just because of injuries and things like that. Jerry West loves him. I love him. Kawhi Leonard, um, a guy from Riverside. 
I think if Kawhi pulls up at the Drew or even like your local LA Fitness and just starts going at everybody and and showing how unstoppable he is, and he's doing it while he's just kind of lightly jogging back <laughs> on defense, right? I just think that I think people are going to fall in love with Kawhi. Ironically, that's my number four pick as well, simply Uh-oh. because of the LA ties with Kawhi. Look at us. You know, it's funny. Kawhi's like the only Supermax NBA player that you probably think to yourself, he's probably at home like, damn, I got work today. And he'll just show up <laughs> and go crazy. You know, I think of the series against Phoenix in the first round. You have Devin Booker on the floor. You have Kevin Durant on the floor. And Kawhi's missed all this extended time during the season. And he just shows up and dominates. And that just goes to show you what type of player he is. Two-time finals MVP. When you look back, he's going to have one of the strangest like careers in NBA history, but there's no denying the type of talent that he is. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Dennis. Uh, Uncle Dennis, is uh, <laughs> he's that guy. And I, I do respect the fact that Kawhi saw the writing on the wall in San Antonio. He's like, Tony's yeah. gone, Manu's gone, Tim's gone. They're looking at me. Uh, I don't want to be here anymore. You know what I mean? I'm the not. classic Eric Bledsoe. And, uh, and then he goes to another team in Toronto with Masai and, and a culture that was already built and goes and wins a title. Kawhi is beloved. You know what I mean? I don't care what anyone says. Everyone likes Kawhi. And the common fan, when you ask him about Kawhi, they're like, oh, yeah, he's great. So I think he would shut it down and also get people buzzing. Uh, Number three on my list was your number five guy, Stephen Curry. Um, Number three, because he's going to hit a lot of threes. And I also think that Steph is a very, like, I I call him like a playground player where he is just going to have fun with it, right? He's going to be, like, dribbling the ball uh, with his feet like it's soccer. He might try to play kickball before the game, right? He's just going to make all the kids and everyone happy. He may not have, like, the Kyrie snatchback moments where guys are falling over and he points at them on the ground. It's not going to be an and-one type game, but Steph's just going to have fun. And uh, sometimes you just need pure joy. Steph Curry has it, so I got him at number three. No, Steph Curry is a great choice. Uh, Number three may surprise you. But mm. I'm going with Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man. Okay. I think Ant-Man <laughs> in a pro-am would be outstanding because after a certain point, he's just going to get buckets. Like, he may leave the pro-am with 70 points because he's just going to get buckets. And I think within the next five years, I may not be out on the ledge when I say this, but could be, depending on who the audience is. I think Anthony Edwards would be a top three player in the next five years in the NBA. I'm that high on him as a player, so I would love to see him at a pro-am. And we're about to see Ant-Man go play for the World Cup team, for Team USA. And I think this is going to be the time. A lot of times, players that are in small markets, they need that USA shine to kind of let them know, oh, I'm really... I'm really that guy. And you go yeah. to practice, you're doing ones. I remember KD, that video of him like going one-on-one with guys at USA Basketball. And everyone left that camp. And they're like, yeah, K's number one. You know, K, you know, K's <laughs> right. that guy. So I, I think Anthony could have that moment this year. Absolutely. It's like you go and the, the guys separate themselves. They're like, okay, he's, you know, one-of-one <laughs> amongst the elite. And how many times, State, do we see guys go play for USA Basketball in any capacity? And the next time they go into the NBA season, they take that leap. So I think mm. he's poised for another leap, which is crazy because he was averaging like 32 in the playoffs. Yeah, and he, uh, I mean, that shot that he almost hit the hit back iron, he thought he made that three. Was that game five, I believe, yeah. uh, against the Nuggets? And then I saw the other day Bruce Brown, they were asking him about the playoffs. It was Theo Pinson's podcast, and Theo yeah. Pinson was like, what was the toughest series for you guys? For you guys? And he was like, not the Lakers, not the Suns, it was the Timberwolves. And uh, I thought that was fascinating, and it was because of, honestly, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards was on a tear, so... I like him. Um, and spoiler alert, number two on my list is Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man himself. Um, I think he's important for American basketball. I think Ant-Man is a very likable guy. Uh, I think he has a nickname already in there. I think he deserves to be the franchise player for whatever franchise he wants to be on. Right now it's Minnesota. So Anthony Edwards goes and shuts it down. And like I feel like the common 
you know, Walmart fan of basketball that knows general, you know, names might not know yeah. Anthony Edwards yet, even though they probably should. He's the number one pick. But sure. I do think that day is coming, and maybe it happens when he goes and drops 70 points in a Drew League game. Now, for sure, Ant has just everything you want in the NBA superstar. I feel like Ant has those qualities, so I'm right mm. there with you. Uh, it's number two for me. Number right? two for you, yes. Okay, number two, I, I've been flip-flopping between these two people. Number number one and number two for me. But number two, I'm going to go John Morant. I think John Morant and a pro-am would do some of the craziest things you've ever seen, just considering his athleticism and his ability to finish above the rim. It's no telling who he may dunk on. As, like, he's playing civilians at this point. Like, he's playing a guy that may be work at T-Mobile who's protecting the paint. Okay, he's <laughs> going to dunk on him because he's dunked on NBA players before. So I think Ja Morant would shut down a pro. I will say this. Ja is incredible, and I think you're right. Ja Morant would have some amazing highlights in that game. I do worry, though, if we drop Ja into an environment like the Drew or the crossover or somewhere where he doesn't necessarily have that comfortability, a kid from South yeah. Carolina, and there is someone going at his neck, I mean, he yeah. might he might get rattled. and he might, he might but, take, get, but take, that's great for us. That's yeah, right. commentary for <laughs> You might throw hands. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but sure. That's why I did not put John Moran on my list because I'm trying to protect John. I, I think he needs <laughs> I a little bit of I a did. break, but I, I do think he would be incredible. Zion Williamson is also um, a guy who I considered for my number one spot. Uh, he is not in my top five, spoiler alert, but I did consider him um, when I first thought about this, but then I had to think about him currently. And I do worry that if Zion went out there, he's not in the best of shape. There's guys that are trying to go at his neck. You know, you don't want him losing confidence right now. So I took him off my board and I made a safe pick. And we've talked about him uh, a few times already. My number one pick as far as current players that show up to a pro-am, shut it down. Everyone goes crazy. I saw him at Rucker Park. He's from PG County. He can go into any building and no one's going to block his shot. That's really the reason why I think he's unstoppable. It's Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant could go into any program. He might even take the LeBron approach of just showing up at the Drew one day and going off. But I think KD, even though he is 35, you know, he's getting up there a little bit, he still can get buckets no matter what. So KD's my number one guy. He can score in any any court on the face of the earth. Nobody's blocking his shot. No regular guy. Nobody. He's seven yeah. feet. How can you right. stop it? And he can score from any place on the floor. Like, my brother works for the Mavericks, and he happened to check out that Sunday game when Kev was first uh, joining the Suns. And he said, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I've never seen somebody score 35 so easily. I was like, yeah, you can score 35 <laughs> from 12 shots and just rip your team's heart out. So uh, I'm not mad at that pick. Whatsoever. And it's a safe pick, I will say. I know some people may be upset. They wanted, you know, like uh, Anthony Edwards, I considered a number one, but I just feel like it would be disrespectful to Kevin Durant, especially that Rucker Park game. I know you remember that, but I mean, Kobe going to Rucker Park, KD going to Rucker Park, those two games and that environment, you can't control that environment. So to go into no. an environment like that where you have no control and still dominate and still take over, that is a special skill set. That's like a Michael Jordan type skill set. Absolutely, because at that point, you're kind of just working against this. You're at a disadvantage being an NBA superstar going into an environment like that. Of course. Because the expectations and then people are like, oh, you're not going to be able to live up to that. And they over-deliver. So, yeah, and you're, I'm, and I'm you're outside. You Let's be honest. Like when you're playing basketball outside, the elements, the wind, there, there's a lot going on. The ball oh. is different. There's, there's a lot going on. So the fact that you're still shooting like that outside, yeah. that's a different level of respect for me. Different, different level. Um, Am I at number one now? You're at number my, one. Number one Okay. Pick. My number one might cause some controversy, but the best <laughs> pro-am player right now, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you put Kyrie Irving in a pro-am, you're going to get nothing but clips and highlights on social media at least for a month. Mm. Uh, we've never seen a player 
be able to perform with the basketball in his hands quite like we've seen with Kyrie Irving and his ability to finish at the rim. You put him in a Drew League environment, a Jamal crossover environment. I mean, we've seen clips here and there. It can really be a, a special, special performance. So I'm going to go Kyrie number one, considering what he can do on the basketball floor and particularly with the basketball in his hands. I will say Kyrie Irving is incredible. I think that we all, the one that comes to my mind is when he broke a full court press with USA Basketball and and everyone's seen that clip. Everyone knows what clip I'm talking about because I think we're all still fascinated how it happened. And in Kyrie's mind, that is that's that is his genius, right? Everyone has like sure. their genius, you know, in yeah. life. You hope you can find whatever your genius is. I think everyone has a capacity to have it, but his is with a basketball in his hand. And I wanted to shout out because I see all these lists all the time, like top yeah. ball handlers, right? Kyrie's number one, Kyrie's number one. I do think his godfather might be number one. I think Rod the God. I think Rod Strickland is one of the most incredible people I've ever seen with the basketball. There's guys that have moves like AI's yeah. crossover, Tim Hardaway's crossover. But Kyrie has kind of like evolved Rod the God to like another level. Um, sure. And that is why at a pro-am type setting, the crowd is going crazy. I mean, he, and he's breaking Absolutely. ankles left and right. Like there, someone like me, you know, gets switched on Kyrie and he just backs up and he's like, okay, this is going to be fun. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh God, please. Don't that's, yeah, that's, at that point, you just file. You just, that's, that's what you do. You just file. I call timeout. Even though I don't have the ball, I'm looking at the ref. I'm like, timeout. Or I'm like, Carrie. Pull Carrie. a hamstring or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all you can do. I think Kyrie Kyrie's a great pick. And Kyrie's on kind of a redemption tour right now. I know you said your brother works for the Mavs. Yeah. Um, the Mavs brass, right? They didn't like that he was going to the Lakers games and he was sitting front row and he's dapping yeah. up LeBron. But it was all leverage. We all get it. But I think Absolutely. Kyrie needs like a, a basketball kind of nirvana moment again where the, the hoopers hoopers watch and say, That's why he's my guy. That that that's why he's the one. So he can do it at a pro am. Yeah, it, listen, if Kyrie can just focus on the basketball stuff, which at this point seems to be a, a tall task, but if he can just <laughs> focus on the basketball stuff, everything else, I mean, we can appreciate his game even more. Yeah, I got some honorable mentions I wanted to bring up because they're, they're in the mix. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I mentioned at the top. DeMar DeRozan, anytime he goes and plays, he's he's incredible. He's electric, yep. so I, he's definitely in the mix, should be considered. Um, Trey Young. I think Trey Young is because of the Luca connection. We yeah. and because of the whole New York media brass that hates him. I think we forget that the guy is incredible. And I've seen sure. footage of him playing at his tournament in Oklahoma. He's like throwing the ball off people's heads. He's like got guys trying to push him down, and he's hitting threes in their face. You know what I mean? Trey yeah. has a mentality where I think he could take over and, and be a great pro am player. Um, what do you think about that? What do you think about Trey Young? Because when I mentioned that to a couple of friends, yeah. they're like, no way I would go play to watch Trey Young. I'm like, I think I, you would. I think Trey Young's game fits perfectly for a pro-am style where you can just chunk shots up all day. And right. the idea of like getting your teammates involved, it's like, uh, we're not here for that. We're here to see you put up like 70 points. So I think that is great. And like you said with Trey, he's kind of in this Luka shadow. The Luka trade is so it's such lopsided at this point. And then the New York media can feel all the hatred considering what he did in, in Madison Square Garden. So I like those two picks. And shout out to you for showing love to DeMar DeRozan because he shows up every single summer to Drew League. And just for that community, for that environment, what Drew League provides to L.A., to L.A. basketball culture, what it means to the community of South Central Los Angeles, I think it's so important. So 
shout out to Demar for that, and he's a uh, he's a great guy. So yeah, Demar is the best, and I love like after the season, he was like anyone under the age of twenty five, you have to work out with me all summer. So <laughs> any of those guys, Dalen Terry, any of those young bulls, Kobe White, they might be at the Drew League just because they're working out with Demar Derozan. Uh, James Harden is another name, uh, a guy from California that goes to the Drew yeah. and plays, and and definitely should be considered. I don't know if he has the fat <laughs> suit on or not right now, but if he doesn't have it on, he'd be great at the Drew. Um, the 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 three Euro guys that yeah. would never be considered because Pro-Am seems like an American thing to do, right? That The Europeans right. have their own way of doing it. But if Giannis, Jokic, or Luka showed up at a Pro-Am in America, um, whether it be the crossover, whether it be the Drew, whatever it is, I think that those three guys, one, the, the culture shock of them being in the building would be hilarious. For and sure. two, the reaction of the crowd when they did ridiculous stuff. Like, I mean, Jokic, like, you know, fake ball passes, you know, like all this sort of stuff, moving the ball, like making insane passes, no look yeah. passes, crowds going crazy. So those three guys I didn't consider because they're international, but I do think they would have their own flavor and have their own moment. So shout out to them. For sure, yeah. Luca would go crazy as far as his scoring output. Giannis would dunk on everybody, <laughs> and Jokic would just look out of place. But his ability to fill up the stat sheet would just impress everybody. So, I, yeah, I, I like that. But the underlying thing with that is, if you have those three Euros that show up at a pro am, you would probably have every American basketball player coming together to try to play against them, considering oh, yeah. the dialogue that's happening between European players and American born players. I, I saw the other day, it was Brandon Jennings, who also yeah. would be a great pro-am player. Uh, Brandon sure. Jennings was talking about um, how at the All-Star game, he was like, it should be USA versus the world. And I do think there is a layer to that because uh, especially if the World Cup goes bad and the U.S. doesn't win, I mean, they're yeah. the favorites right now, which I find a little bit shocking. But if they were to lose and then, you know, next year we have another international MVP, we've obviously had Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, it's like they own that yeah. award now. Um, it would be fascinating. So uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea of the international players. And then, like you said, sure. the, the common USA basketball fan, basketball player thinks I'm better than Luca. He's too slow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what they think. for sure. It's just that American bravado. I mean, it's probably like the 15th guy on like the Hornets that think he's better than Luca. And I, I get it. But I think the biggest thing is we got to let our prep, our young prep players play against professionals. That's really it. Because overseas, they're allowed to do that. But here's so many different rules, amateurism and stuff like that. I think if we start a little bit early, we can kind of get that uh, that dominance back once again. Yeah, we need we need to play basketball, right? I mean, For AAU sure. basketball is not basketball. And then you got these young guys at 12, 13, like a Luca who's playing yeah. against pros who is playing basketball. They have an advantage. So, I mean, it, yeah. same thing happens with academies and soccer. But again, we were so far ahead of the world. And now we're slowly, it feels like if they haven't called up, they may have even gotten to the point where they might pass us. So uh, shout out to the international players. I also want to shout out, honorable mention, Jamal Crawford at age 40 can still get buckets. Still Um, get buckets. He he could have been included in this. And also Lou Williams. Lou Williams (laughs) at any pro-am in America pulls up and we're all shutting it down. So I, I feel like he needed his own special shout out. And if you ever come up with this, Lou Williams might have had the best NBA life if you, if you think about it, you minus know, the bubble, in, the, the, in Atlanta, the, the lemon pepper loo in the bubble you know was not it. Yeah, Houston, Los Angeles, it's some great cities, you know. And he may have had two girlfriends at one point. Lou has had an interesting uh, life so far. Shout out to Lou Williams. Yeah, he's the best. He's got great Fourth of July parties, also based on what I see <laughs> and what I hear. Um, yeah, Lou Will is one of those legends. Where in basketball, it's not always about like your career achievements and things like that. It's about your impact on the game. And I feel like sure. Lou Will, Jamal Crawford, those guys are considered six men. You know, six men, but they they also sure. uh, you know are legends in their own right. So I wanted to shout them out. 
Um, Pierce, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom. Hopefully we can play basketball soon. It is time. I feel like I got to get back out there. I'm playing tonight, but uh, I got to get locked back in, and uh, hopefully you and I can get back on the court together soon. Likewise, brother. Thank you for having me on the show. Hope we can hoop again soon. In the meantime, keep killing it. Always support you from this way, and uh, hope to talk more soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, there you have it. Pierce Simpson. We will have him back. Um, we will have him back on the show. Pierce is like someone I just like talking basketball with. He's a good dude. Um, and uh, he's just, you know, we, we can just go back and forth and just talk ball. That's what you want in this life. We'll have him come into the studio, all the above. Um, let's get the shout outs because I have a few quick hits I wanted to get to. Shout out to Michael DeVoe, uh, Georgia Tech legend. He is the one that if you um, forgot in your mind, uh, he pointed at Coach K back in 2022 when Georgia Tech cut the lead to six at Cameron Indoor. And Coach K ran after him and said, you don't know who you're talking to. Um, one of the great, one of the last great Coach K reprimanding of a player moments. I still think it has affected Michael DeVoe's uh, chances of getting an NBA job, but he played great in Summer League. And I forgot to shout him out on the last show. So uh, that's, that is the last Summer League shout out before this one, which is at the actual last one, which is Jared Butler. Baylor uh, national champion. He had a great summer league as well. I forgot to mention those guys. Um, shout out to Rick Pitino, a.k.a. the Rictator. Yes. Uh, he responded. We talked about Cal and Drake and the whole thing on our last episode. He tweeted this out. Um, Kentucky has the great Drake, but the Johnnies are going uptown with Mr. and Mrs. Met. And it was a picture of the team with Mr. and Mrs. Met at a Mets game. Um, thought it was very funny. Thought it was very self-aware. Way to work with what you got, too. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, you don't have Drake. You Anyone can go to the Mets game, though. That's great. That's right. That's great. And how very New York. What the hell does Drake have to do with Kentucky other than he likes to wear that color? Come right. on. It's very New York. Good job. And honestly, Drake has jumped on so many bandwagons. Like, right. when, when do we, when is the cap? You know how Joe Tipton had, had his cap of eight schools? Like, we need to do that to Drake. Drake, you have eight teams. And you have to ride with them. Um, you can't be a Warriors fan and a Raptors fan. You can't be in Toronto at the finals game, sitting courtside as a Raptors ambassador, and then freak out when Kevin Durant gets injured. I, right. it, those two things cannot coexist in my mind, but they do for Drake. Shout out to Rick Pitino. Great point. Um, shout out to one of our favorites on this show. I mean, you talk about heroes uh, in the world of college basketball. We need characters. We need content. And uh, our guy, Will Wade, has content because he put out his schedule. This is he's obviously coaching at McNeese State now. He has a show calls penalty, but the schedule is hilarious, Kyle. November 10th, they, they play VCU at VCU to open the season. That's a tough game. Respect. Tip of the cap. But then they play November 10th against College of Biblical Studies. 
That is the name of the school, College of <laughs> Biblical Studies. I'm not sure that's a real school. Then they follow that up with November 13th, Champion Christian. No idea. Never heard of it. Um, and then it continues. I mean, so right there off the bat, I think those are two wins because I don't think those schools <laughs> exist. I think that they are putting uniforms on people. Can we get a happen. P.O. box on these schools? Or is this a, right. this be a Donda situation? <laughs> Can someone do a Google Earth search to see if these schools actually have addresses? I would park love that. With a, with a <laughs> construction it, trailer out front. It, get, it gets worse, Kyle, because December 5th, they play, and I shit you not, this is the name of the team that they're going to play, Mississippi University for Women. They are playing huh. men's college basketball, and they are going to play on December 5th, the Mississippi University for Women. Um, is this a progressive thing, or is it just like the name hasn't changed and now they let dudes in? <laughs> like I'm going to have to, a couple years ago, I went at Houston for scheduling Our Lady of the Lake. That was the school that they played. Um, they, they tried to dodge playing a real opponent, and they said, we're going to play Our Lady of the Lake. And then I did some research. Our Lady of the Lake does exist. So I thought that was bad. This is incredible. Mississippi University for Women, December 5th. I think that you and I, I don't know if this game will be on TV. I highly doubt it. But we need the grainy footage. We need someone to send us the footage of this game. Um, because I've never seen scheduling like this in my entire life. And, you know, they've been, they're playing some normal teams. Obviously, they're playing at Michigan December uh, 29th. They're playing, um, you know, UT Martin, UAB, right? They're playing some normal teams. But in between, our guy is stat padding, and he is playing made-up schools, and uh, that is the most Will Wade thing I've ever seen. I think it was uh, Kevin Sweeney, uh, who's a college basketball reporter, Northwestern guy. Uh, it was him that put the tweet out, you know, highlighting the schedule of Will Wade. And it broke my brain, made me laugh. Um, just made me think college basketball, we're back, baby, because Will Wade's back. Uh, that was that was a nice moment in time. Shout out to Will Wade. Uh, shout out to Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, who just won an NBA championship. He went on Theo Pinson's podcast. By the way, Theo Pinson, I for, in, in my player podcaster rankings, I did not have him there, but uh, that was wrong of me. Theo Pinson, I think I'm I think I'm bumping Shaq out. Theo Pinson number 10 now on the list. Shaq, oh you're God. out. You're yeah, sorry. Sorry, it happens. Theo Pinson. This Pinson's a Carolina thing, dude. What is this? No, he's getting clips out because Bruce Brown, NBA champion, goes on his show and says you he that UNC chose seventh woods over him. That was a that was a big talking point. And people forget Seventh Woods had one of the best uh mixtapes we've ever seen. He was a guy who was supposed to change uh, you know, basketball at some level. Didn't quite work out, but he did win an uh, NCAA championship in 2017. So we'll leave it at that. But Bruce Brown, honorary Tar Heel. Sorry to Kevin Clark. Kevin Clark loves him because he went to Miami, but it turns out he didn't want to go there. He wanted to go to North Carolina. So he is now a Tar Heel, one of our best Tar Heels in the league. Um, shout out to Bruce Brown. We needed some. We needed an extra boost in the league. Bruce Brown is that guy. Um, we appreciate it. Shout out to Theo Pinson, too. Um, shout out to Wheel of Fortune, Kyle. I saw I this. Yeah, I uh, I watch Wheel of Fortune uh, with my girlfriend. You know, this is like uh, the lead in. If you haven't watched Claim to Fame on ABC, you should watch it. It's a great show. It's literally people that are, are that are related to famous people. And the whole game is trying to guess who they're related to. And it's like A-listers, right? Season one, you got like Whoopi Goldberg, Tom Hanks. Like you got all types of A-list, A-list on the show and their relatives. Kiki Palmer. Um, so it's a great show. But leading into it, I watched Will of Fortune. And I've been getting these puzzles right before these people. And I'm not going to say that it's going to translate once I get, you know, cam bright lights, cameras in front of me. I just saw Michael Rappaport do the celebrity Will of Fortune. He was acting like a maniac, as he is prone to do, but in the best, funniest way possible. Um, 
But I applied to Wheel of Fortune. I, I, I sent in uh, pictures. I did a little video. I need to get on here. And I don't know if anyone knows anyone that works at Wheel of Fortune. We'll do whatever it takes. Payola. Um, I'll wait outside the studio for hours. I'll shoot a 10-hour day. I need content, and I need to be on Wheel of Fortune. And it's the last year of Sajak, right? And oh, I, and man. I, It's the last year of Sajak. So yeah. this is like history. This is like if you could go on Prices Right with Bob Barker. It's like, yeah, I wish I would have done that. I wish that was a, a thing that I had possible. So I want to do it. I want to make it happen. And I'm going to go on there, and I'm going to stick my neck out for Vanna. Because you cannot replace Vanna White. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what any producer says. Are you going to use say your they, time for? <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried that if I use my time to say that, they're going to like not air the episode. Like it's a <laughs> it's a fine line. But I do think I think privately I'm going to say it to Vanna and maybe maybe say something to say, Jack. Like you need to stick up for your girl. You know what I mean? Like I I think there's something I can do there. She's from Myrtle Beach. Not that I'm from Myrtle Beach, but anyone from Myrtle Beach, if, if you make it out, make it to Hollywood. You deserve the world. So Vanna White, um, I'm on your side. Pay her. She deserves to get paid. It's not as easy as it looks, uh, even though I don't <laughs> even know that to be true. But it, it looks like it, it looks pretty easy. Um, shout out to uh, Oppenheimer this weekend. Kyle, This is. are you going to go see this? Is this is this something Can that's on your calendar? explain to me what, the, what these memes about Oppenheimer and Barbie, is it just because they're coming out at the same time and they're very different? Or is there yes. some sort of thread that I'm not seeing? Well, Oppenheimer is supposed to be like the existentialist. Uh, why do we even matter? What okay. even is humanity? And then Barbie is like uh, turn your brain off and laugh. I guess. Yeah, it's like a, it's like Bar, it's like Barbie goes to the world and she leaves Barbie Land and she's like, oh my god, the world's like not that tight. And everyone's like, oh my god, <laughs> okay. yes, yes, Barbie, yes, Margaret Robbie. Um, apparently the the play is to watch Oppenheimer and then watch Barbie. It's like a so dessert. You feel better. Yeah, a little palate cleanser after your brain okay. is broken. Um, I'm a Nolan guy. I remember years ago, myself, Chris Ryan, and Juliet Littman did a Nolan podcast, and they were uh, they were shook by how much I loved Interstellar. And then J.J. Reddick co-opted my take and started saying that he loves Interstellar. So now I don't even like Interstellar. I'm like, it's okay it's not movie. Even cool to like Interstellar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's okay movie, I guess. Um, not that good. Uh, but Nolan is the best. He is the Spielberg of our time. Anytime he does anything, I want to watch it. I want to see it. And I'm going Friday, Chinese theater. Um, I'm and the whole, it's going to be the, the last shindig. one for a while. I think he just said he's not even going to start a project until the writers. Uh, he's not even going to like sign on to anything until the strike is over. And that sounds like it might continue. So this is going to be your last no new Nolan for a while, probably. Right. And who knows what it looks like when we come back without, you know, with time passed and things like that. So this might be the last masterpiece. I'm looking at the Academy. Give the man an Oscar. I, I don't. I mean, I thought Dunkirk should have won. I think The Shape of Water won instead of Dunkirk, which is probably the the uh, The Shape of Water is the worst movie ever made. Do ever. You like fish sticks. Do you like fish sticks? Because you you probably <laughs> like this movie. Um, terrible movie. I hated it so much. And I like Del Toro. So if people are like, you don't understand Del Toro, I do understand Del Toro. And that was a slap in the face, a fish slap in the face to everybody. Um, Dunkirk should have won that year, or at least beat out fish, Shape of Water. That stupid fish. Um, 
God, that makes me so mad. But yeah, Oppenheimer this weekend. Might go see Barbie too. We'll see. I want to have Chris Ryan come on the show and talk about Chris Nolan, but I don't want to bother Chris Ryan. So we'll see. I might reach out to him. I might ask. I might not. We'll see what happens. Uh, depending on how Oppenheimer strikes. Maybe it's a, a TV show thing. Maybe it's a scrambling guest TV show thing. Is that a Ringer TV? Is that a Fandle TV uh, through the Ringer thing? Probably. Could That's be. probably what it is. Yeah, it's probably not OSP. I don't know if people want to hear us dive into Nolan, but we'll see. We'll figure it out. I don't know out. if they like the the how we're straddling the line of college basketball at the moment. I don't know if we want to go to Nolan Oppenheimer. Uh, well. Tangent. It's it's one shining podcast. You know yeah, what I mean? That's a wink wink. You knew what it was. Uh last one. Shout out to Chelsea Wrexham. Um, you know, welcome to Wrexham, the TV show. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McElhaney. Uh, they are playing in Chapel Hill tonight, Kyle. Uh oh, wow. Rex Wrexham is playing against Chelsea in Keenan Stadium. I told you years ago, North Carolina is a football school. People laughed at me. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Um, North Carolina is a football school and Ryan Reynolds is going to be at the game in Chapel Hill, apparently. So uh, that was my last shout-out. Shout-out to those guys. Uh, love to see it. I think it's a great show. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's very funny. I like their friendship. They they met over, like, the internet during the pandemic. Basically, just two guys that were like, I think you're pretty cool. And he's like, no, I think you're pretty cool. And now they're, like, best friends. So we love to see it. It happens uh, in the world of media. And uh, hopefully, Will of Fortune is listening because I need it. I need it, Kyle. Um, any shout-outs from you before we get out of here? Uh, I got a couple. We're back to our old shout out to Spun, uh, mm. our, our our great source for um, women's college basketball dating stuff uh, in my college basketball Google today. Actually, it was last week, but you didn't let me get in a shout out oh, I'm sorry. on Monday. <laughs> so I would save it for today. Caitlin Clark is reportedly dating a former college basketball star. So, uh, you know, she's been kind of out of the spotlight since the uh, end of the uh, tournament, but uh, just in case you've seen this guy, ba- uh, f- former Iowa Hawkeyes men's basketball standout Connor McCaffrey, uh, son, son of Iowa out. coach, son of Iowa coach Fran McCaffrey, who is a friend of the program. Coach McCaffrey, I I work with him on the five star thing. He said he would come on the podcast, and maybe we just go through Fran and we say, actually, coach, don't worry about your time. We want Connor. And we get Connor on the show and let him talk about, you know, what it means to have, what do the kids call it? The Riz? Guy's got Riz. <laughs> he must. Uh, he must have Riz. Because uh, Caitlin Clark is a star. Uh, we all see it. And she didn't I, even find a guy at a different school. Like, you know, some some of these, like, star players, they find, like, a star player at another school. But she, you know, she's just, like she's good with keeping it in the hometown, which is nice. nice yeah, and if, if you're a Hawkeyes fan, you should feel really good about that because that means Caitlin Clark is diehard. And she, you know, I don't even know if she was at the ESPYs. You know, it feels like the LSU, uh, the the Cavender twins, right? They're all over the place. They're going to every single event. But Caitlin Clark's kind of staying out of the way. Feels like she's getting ready for a national championship run. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I like that shout out. Is that your last one? Shout it's out not. to Caitlin Clark? Uh, okay, also, keep going. Uh, the tail end of that shout out. Shout out to Spun. I've only seen you twice. And both times I've seen you come up in my Google College Basketball News is when uh, a college basketball uh, women's player announces she has a boyfriend or somebody finds out through a cryptic tweet. So you guys are doing the stuff that no one else is doing. That's great. The Lord's you. work. Uh, shout out. This was actually I was going to put in the in the open with the podcasters, but he's not a p- basketball podcaster. It's shout out podcast guest Tony Yayo. Have you watched any of these clips lately? It's just I've been enthralled. I've, I've Googled to see if he does have a podcast. It looks like on the G unit site, it said he's got a podcast coming and that was in like 2022. Uh, but, you know, I don't think think GU and it's really uh, all together in their website uh, communications these days. But my God, some of those stories are really good. He's also got a little bit of the um, 
uh, in his stories, that guy uh, from The Godfather, the guy uh, Tony two times, he was like, yeah, get the yeah. papers, get the papers. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he knows he just dropped a bar. You know, that's kind of funny. And then he'll he's say like, it He's like, in case you missed it, times. I'll say it again. Yeah. He's like, one more time. He's doing the yayo dance as he's saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but he's got uh, the drink champs is the most recent one you should you guys should i still haven't watched it yet i just i i just watched all the clips i haven't listened all the way through but god there's so many clips good good on you drink champs for knowing you got a real gem and and tony yayo opening up about some stories just being scared of all the beefs that they were in uh really good he's like oh man we got beef with fat joe come on <laughs> uh so uh, i mean just really really uh you know gonna one of my like here he was the he was the robin to my batman which is 50 cent uh and it's really good to hear him tell those stories uh really great podcaster uh podcast guest tony yeah yeah he told a story right that i saw he told the story suge knight like kind of rolled up on him eminem and i guess 50 at one point <laughs> and he basically was like that's when i knew eminem was like really like crazy as hell because like eminem <laughs> was basically like get the hell out of here like you know what I mean? everyone else was like dan don't mess with suge you know what i mean and eminem's like shut the fuck up I don't give a fuck, man. That's, that's what, and when Tony Yeo does the does the angry white guy voice, it's so good. And he knew it was good, so he did it like four times. Right. And everyone laughed every time because it was really good. Good on what you, a, Tony Yeo. What a like great era of uh it felt like we all kind of just knew what was like hot at the time. It was like you knew Shady Aftermath, you know, you knew Interscope, you knew G Unit, right? You you kind of like it all kind of I mean, we joke on the ringer, they always talk about the monoculture, but there was like you and I grew up around this. We're obviously 1993 kids. So we grew up around the same time where it was like you knew big timers, right? You knew like all the cash money guys. It just felt like everything was more like uh, you knew Dipset, you knew G, you know, I don't know. It, it all felt like uh, e easily explained. Nowadays, I'm like everything is splintered. I don't know who's signed under who. I don't know who's like mentoring who. I don't know who the protege yeah, of. And NBA you know? is not NBA, but it's different than YNB or or, or what, what, YSL is another thing, not the brand. It's something else. Uh, so, and then uh, and then like you can't even say YSL because you might get like a Rico charge. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a whole bunch that that is going on. And uh, Drake is like, who is even in OVO? Like what what even is O? Like is and, it the weekend? Is it still, still cash money somehow under the umbrella of Young Money? Is OVO its own thing? I don't know. Um, I feel like not to not to blame it on Birdman because I don't want him to come on the show and like yell at Dude, me like he does other he shows, shows up. So don't he, don't he shows up. But I do think like when like the big timers ended and he went from you know uh, from Birdman to Baby, that's when everything started getting confused. You know what I mean? Where I was like, <laughs> wait a second, isn't that is that Birdman? That's like Nas nah, Baby. And you're like what? <laughs> what? Hold on, who is that? I think it's safe to say that Birdman gets paid for every all of it, though. It's still, just remember that uh, you know he's he's the Tony Soprano of that whole thing. So he's they're still kicking up to him. Yeah, he's still the one. And uh, speaking of like rappers that are doing shows that you have to watch, it is what it is. Is the best show talk show <laughs> yeah. right now? Cameron and Mace. The clips. Uh, the clips. Yeah, I never I don't even know how to find the full episodes, but the clips are incredible. And I know that they had some people coming at him for the Paul stuff. But like it is just like it's funny every single time. Like Jada Kiss. Did you see? Uh, yes, I watched it. Jada Kiss was doing like an interview. I think I said this to you. He was like doing an interview and he's like, he's like, we don't do all that Paul's nonsense. We're grown adults or whatever. And then the guy like later on said something that was like. Paul's worthy. And he was like, Paul's. He said he was smoking a big joint. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And uh, Cameron nah, loved you that clip. You will. Yeah. yeah. Cameron was like, see, I told you, sometimes you got to say it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, Cameron and Mace was, uh, Mace was probably at one point in my life, my favorite rapper. Um, like, because I loved Bad Boy. I was a big Bad Boy kid. I love Fabulous. 
Um, and then when Welcome Back came out in 04, I remember going to Walmart to buy that CD and I had to get my mom to come check out with me because they were like, you're, you're under 13 years old or whatever. And my mom was like, what are you buying? Like, yeah. no, 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 they just had to say that. It's I, was like, like, uh, you like, I was like, you like the song, song. Welcome I Back. You, that one you saw it on TRL. <laughs> He's got a polo on. It's all good. Uh, yeah, I love Mace. Love Cameron. Love Dipset. They need to get Dwell Santana on that show. Um, they, just just a great time. Uh, I feel and bad I for that. The girl, the the moderator. I forget her name. Actually, Treasure. I like her. Treasure. They call her Stat Baby. Stat Baby. I feel bad for her every once in a while. I mean, especially the one with... Uh, you know, when the Zion Moira Mills, is it Mariah uh, Moira? Mariah. I think it's Mariah, it's but I don't think, I don't think we even say it. Zion for fear, and, she'll and, find and us. she who will not be named when that story came out <laughs> and Cameron's just talking about like, oh, this over a bitch, not you, but just a, a, like a regular, and like, and it's just like, she's just in the middle and has to like be professional. And it's like, he's in a suit and she's on a set with lights. And then the, the stuff that this guy is saying, uh, which is, you know, you know, funny and kind of, you know, the way that, you know, rappers speak in, in songs, but also when he's like explaining it and she's like the moderator in the middle, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's got some professional chops for keeping it together. She, she does. And she, I believe she went to Miami and, uh, like, is like a journalist, like went to J school, did the whole thing. So that's even better that she's sitting in the middle of Cameron and Mace, which is like, uh, and, and the funniest part is like Cameron's in the comments too. Like someone the other day was like, cancel this show for all the, the pause stuff or whatever. He was like, you can't cancel it. I own it. You know what I mean? Like he's, <laughs> he's like, we cannot be canceled. Uh, I just, it's, he's it's got Charles you, Barkley attitude. <laughs> fuck you. You feel yeah, like right, fuck you. Right. But they really do say whatever the hell they want to say. Uh, Barkley's got like Turner behind him. So he's got to be careful. But uh, Cameron and Mace, incredible stuff. In fact, I actually said to Chris Ryan a few months ago, I was, I was talking about, about like what we're watching or whatever. And Chris oh, yeah. Ryan was like, it is what it is. Best thing I've seen. I'm like, this guy gets it. So uh, shout out to Cameron. Shout out to me. Shout out to everyone listening to One Shining Podcast. It's the off season. We're having fun. There's not much going on. The Women's World Cup is coming up. So get ready for that. Like I said, TBT is about to start. Um, you know, we're doing the best we can. We got Kyle Mann coming back on Monday. We'll talk about, you know, some of the off season fodder that's happening and uh, we'll see you then.